ability to record. And on that note, I am going to welcome everybody to a shorter episode of the Performance Education and Discussion Podcast. Uh, it's just me and David right now. Uh, Jake might pop in. I don't know. We haven't heard from him. So I, he might be out walking the dogs or might yeah, be training. It, it is peak week for him. So it's yeah, one he's, of those things he's, where he's doing yeah. his thing. <laughs> yep. He, his, his priority is feeling good going into his competition this Saturday and everything else like a stupid little podcast that's pretty much secondary. But Dave, I'm, I'm starting this off because I was told to do this because not everyone makes it to the end and we're supposed to, I've had multiple people be like, you should promote yourselves more. So David Herrera does consultation calls for everything we're talking about on here hit him up for all of your needs. Dave, plug yourself along with the new website. Yes. So uh, there will be a coaching website shortly. I'm working with Dev as well. So that will be happening in the near future. Uh, but for right now, uh, the only way that you can get a hold of me is on DMs on Instagram or on Facebook or shortly, like even more shortly, like here this coming next week, hopefully, there will be a website called DarylStrength.com, which is where you can go and purchase uh, my product, KO Ken. Along there, there is a contact me, like on every website where you can actually email uh, and I will be the guy receiving that email. So you can even email me through there. Um, yep. yep. So, so yeah, just like quick, quick plugs. Um, and basically with me, because like this is where we'd insert sponsors, but this is our podcast so we're the fucking sponsors so uh, um my my website the aod collective you guys can sign up for my coaching my consult calls all my shit there instagram dms are always open you know you know where to find me um all that stuff uh if you support the podcast support the stuff we're doing buy some stuff from us because it makes it easier for us to continue to do this and provide Absolutely. the information we're providing um jake is jakey b underscore 43 on instagram i yep. think um, yes, if I'm yes, in, yeah, so yep, so uh, hit him up too, uh, yes. but that's his plug. So, we're gonna lead into this episode, uh, basically just because Jake's not here and because uh, David and I have like a multitude of questions to cover, but this is a interesting one to cover, and we talked about it briefly before starting the recording, but it's gonna be really, really nice to bridge into after Jake's competition this Saturday when we actually record together. I got a question on my, my members only website. Uh, somebody asked at some point, I'd like to hear your guys's take on coaching enhanced versus natural athletes. Do you program differently? Why or why not? And how important is it that your coach knows that you're on PEDs or does it not really matter? So it's, I'm going to answer, I'm going to answer that last one first because mm -hmm. most people are probably going to say it matters a lot. And this is what I'm going to say. If he's a good coach, it's not going to matter yep. because he's going to figure out that you're recovering exponentially better than he thought. And he will adjust the programming to match. If he's a shitty coach, he's, and he thinks that you're not taking anything, it will take him forever to figure that out. And you're essentially going to be outrunning the program. So would I say that you need to tell your coach and you should tell your coach? Absolutely. But the coach will find out on his own very, very quickly if you are on and he thinks that you're not because he, he's going to quickly find out that you are 
uh, either exceptionally genetically blessed or something is up because it's not progressing right. Yep. And that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Like, uh, basically, my, my answer was going to be a, a big fat, it depends. Because exactly that, if the coach knows what's going on, knows, knows what he's doing, and is actually being a coach to the athlete, not just writing a program, not just like filling out a spreadsheet, right. actually yes. seeing like, okay, what, like, okay, this, this triple at 95% of your max still moved really easy. It's like, fuck. All right. Like you're responding really well to the training or the drugs. I don't know that you're on. It's, you're going to be able to figure it out relatively quickly. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of those things. Like if you want to get all, if you want to get everything you can out of your training, absolutely tell your coach that should be a conversation that you guys have because even if the coach is not comfortable prescribing or like giving recommendations on the stuff, if they're a good coach, they're going to know to refer you to individuals to figure that stuff out or may be able to provide like anecdotal experience or evidence or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, and absolutely going, making that point of like, uh, you know, just because you tell your coach doesn't mean that he is there to help you with your drugs. Like, uh, the, the people got to distinguish that. Like if you hired a coach to help you with your training and that's what you're paying him for. And you tell him, Oh, by the way, I take, you know, PEDs, uh, that coach is not at all or should not at all be held responsible with, okay, well now I got to learn about PEDs. That coach may not want to learn about PEDs. He just may be a, an exceptional coach with training and he'll just be like, just like I mentioned, Okay, if he's a good coach, he's going to be like, okay, cool, you're on PEDs. I'm just going to adjust my training to match your recovery that should be better than normal. Absolutely. Yep, that, that's exactly it. And, and kind of on that point, it, it leads into, at least I think, the, the part of the question where it's like actually programming differently for enhanced versus natural individuals. It's that's why this is why I was going to say kind of it depends because it's not it depends on what compounds they're taking. Well, well, it does, but the biggest reason that it it's dependent on like a, on some other variable is is due to the individual because I I it, I and David and any other coach worth their salt I would say is most likely going to program differently for each individual. That's because each individual is going to recover differently, is going to respond differently, is going to be a different person than the person take, like doing this program. Same thought process applies to a natural individual versus an enhanced individual. When you, when I went from being natural to enhanced, I, I could I could handle more, I could recover better, but that but that was based on me. That was based on my baseline, my individual baseline. That baseline from someone who, from David, when he started, went from natural to enhanced, he could be different. If he started as a natural athlete, able to handle an incredibly higher amount of volume or a, a higher level of intensity of training than myself, adding the PEDs would enhance that to an even higher level. So if, if the coach has like this basic template, they start everybody with they're going to give that to them and they would have to modify it to me as an individual. And the, and they would have to modify it to David as an individual 
differently just based on who we are, but then add in PEDs, they would have to modify it even further. Right. Right. Yeah. So essentially, you're just giving a leg up to your coach to start the modification process sooner and probably more aggressively than he would have if he was thinking that you were not taking anything. Uh, definitely. Mm -hmm. For I mean, just a quick example, uh, you know, when I, you know, because I have natural athletes as well. Um, when I modify their week to week progress, I'm using smaller percentages and volume escalation is almost stagnant for a power lift. Uh, you know, for, for mm -hmm. bodybuilding, it's almost the opposite. Intensity escalation is kept stagnant and volume escalation is kept, uh, is what's increased. But at smaller percentages in both of those scenarios versus somebody who, who is clearly enhanced, my jumps in week to week progress, whether it's intensity or volume, are just bigger percentages and sometimes more aggressive on purpose with the effort to find that ceiling so that then we can trim it back and be like okay what are you taking you know if you're if they're a man what are you taking what's your dosage this is where we ran into a roadblock let's see can you add more do we do we have room biologically to add more or mm -hmm. add a different compound and then we can go even higher if we need to with the training but you know with with a natural you're limited to what they're you know what that is you're you can't just modify yeah. it so at that point, you're trimming back and trying to catch that sweet zone to ride that wave month after month. Uh, whereas in enhanced, you can essentially turn the governor on or off or dial it up a little bit if you know what you're doing mm -hmm. on the PED side of the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's and that's kind of uh, that's exactly how, how I run it as well, because you by having when you have a natural athlete like they're the, the same the same types of progression may occur, but the rate of progression is almost definitive, definitely going to be different. If, if like it was person a natural versus person a and a enhanced, they're just going to be able to push harder, add more weight to the bar sooner as like, as long as technique is pristine, as long as that is kept the same. And it's just like, you can, it's, it's adding, it's adding, an enhancement, your training, the effect of training is going to be enhanced. So you're going to be able to go, go do more faster. Absolutely. And as, yeah. And, and as, as a natural individual, it's just scaled back a little bit. And, and like you said, finding that ceiling with, with untested individuals, there's going to, for me, at least I've found there's either a higher likelihood of like higher percentage work so like higher intensity related in relation to your one rep max work or or uh previous one rep max work or there's going to be rpe work because if we add if if i'm working with someone and we add in like something that's going to, like something that's very like either like aggression heavy or like just very androgenic very like very responsible for just like strength volition. like it, the volition yeah, yeah yeah volition volition so it's like intensity as most people think about intensity where it's that like focus that like amplified drive volition as you said then i might give somebody like hey rp not like we've been we've been accumulating stress and volume and work for a while we're kind of like we're kind of leading into a strength block let's let's fucking see it rp9 triple rp nine and a half triple like go, fu go fucking hit some shit, you know, yeah. like see where that line is. 
that that's that's when I would apply stuff like that. So that's a little bit more freedom for the untested end of it. Not freedom, but a little bit more like letting go of the reins just to see yeah. how hard it's the pull's gonna be. Yeah. And and you know what you mentioned there with freedom, that it does, it gives you more freedom. So another example, natural versus untest, which is clearly different to me, is in a powerlifting uh peak. Uh, you're going to dial back volume as you increase intensity, okay? Well, we know that dialing back volume to increase intensity is a uh, how would you, uh, a recovery aspect. We're trying to make room for recovery for these heavier weights, so we take a little bit away from the volume, okay? That's not strange to anybody. Here's the thing. With a natural person, you still have to have enough volume in there to keep enough glycogen filling those muscles and keep the same circumference area, their same cross-sectional area for their muscles, or else they start to change too much. And now their movement is a little bit off their, their groove, uh, you know, when in a squat in particular or a bench press in particular. Um, well, with a enhanced athlete, I'll tend to use something that's more, uh, glycolytically retensive, maybe we'll add a little bit extra of the, whatever growth hormone dosage they're taking. So they get a little bit more retention. Maybe we'll add in a little bit of uh, DECA or Anadrol, you know, depending on what they respond well to, mm -hmm. that fills them out a little bit more. And at the same time, I can lower even more volume because I'm not keeping volume in there to keep their glycogen stores. That's being done by the drugs. And now we can enhance more recovery and push weights heavier by not training very voluminous at all, if, mm -hmm. if any, you can't get away yeah. with that with a natural. Yeah, and, and, and so in like practical application sense of that, or like the listeners, like this is kind of, th think, about, think about your average untested lifter versus your average tested lifter, like, or, or the elite tested lifter versus the elite untested lifter. Like, for example, like me, I, when I, when I am deep into a peak, there are periods of time where I'll like hit my heavy, double, heavy, triple, heavy, single on whatever movement. And then pretty much that's it for that day. I will go and do accessories. And, and that's enough because I have these compounds, which are forcing glycogen into the muscle, forcing intracellular water into the muscle and basically keeping like keeping me full and, and muscular and keeping that same, the cross-sectional area, keeping the size and volume of the muscles, muscle the same so as not to, not to adjust my groove or my leverages or whatnot. That's mm -hmm. because I'm untested. That, so my peak, my taper is probably going to be a bit harsher. It's going to fall off more. Like there's going to be a more drastic drop in volume. Whereas compare me to uh, Chance Mitchell, I just, I think of him immediately off the top of my head because David, do you know who that is? Uh, I know his name, but I don't follow him on Instagram okay. or anything. Okay. Okay. So, so big, like USAPL competitor, very great lifter. Like I, mm -hmm. I, I, I enjoy watching his lifting going into his last meet. I remember seeing exactly this. He's hitting like, like five days out hitting like a five by five and like a three by six and like do doing these, what would be considered like high volume high total tonnage sessions of main movements, but he's doing that in an effort to keep the, not keep the groove greased, like keep the mechanical efficiency there, not because he'll like forget the technique, but because he's, pro he's most likely limiting his calories slightly going into the meat and he's might be manipulating water. Pair that with dropping off the total volume too much 
he could literally see a detraining effect because he'll he'll lose his muscularity or just a slight enough of it because he doesn't have the drugs nor maybe he doesn't have enough carbohydrates at that point to keep the muscularity, the, the glycogen, water, intracellular volume of all of his muscles or his torso. Yeah. And he's probably come up with that or with him and his coach have come up with that through trial and error with other people that are yes. also natural where it's like, Hey, if we drop off volume too early or too aggressively, the lifts start to go to shit. We know it's not a strength problem. So what else can it be? You know, have they come up with the exact idea that it's cross-sectional area or whatever? No, they've just come up with, if we keep the volume a little bit higher, closer, then we end up avoiding that drop off. And we're, and you know, for most people to kind of get an idea, like we're not talking inches, we're talking millimeters. We're talking millimeters mm -hmm. on, on cross-sectional area, you know, because of the pineal angle and how muscles pull on the joints and stuff. You give a muscle a millimeter more fulcrum, now it can, it has different torque. You make that muscle a millimeter smaller, it has different torque. So we're talking millimeters here. And that's why you can, you know, mitigate that with the natural by keeping their volume a little bit higher or with an enhanced, give them an extra hundred milligrams of something else or 200 milligrams of something mm -hmm. else. And you can drop off the volume significantly because it's keeping that extra millimeter or two of tension in that muscle. So just mm -hmm. so people are like, well, I don't really see that with my eye. I'm like, it's not something you're going to see unless it's too dramatic. And if you can see it with your eye, you don't, you need other help. Yeah, <laughs> you, yes, you've done it absolutely. all wrong. Yeah. And, and that's because that's all that these strength sports are. It's, it's leverages and it's physics. And if you like one mill one millimeter from like point A to point B, that's, that's not that, that big, but if one millimeter across an entire quadricep muscle group, then it's like, fuck, that's kind of getting to be a good bit of tissue or a good bit of cross-sectional area. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, that that and and that's and to continue into the example stuff is like you can think back to um west side style like conjugate style training or like not not even going that far but like just because it's easier to recall like most recent example is with uh briani or myself like i for me my biggest thing going into like i i am technically proficient enough that i don't need to continually do the squat bench and deadlift to, to keep my technical proficiency. It's about, and, and I'm at a level of strength where like, it's all about what I can recover from. But so as an untested lifter who has the benefit of keeping that, that cellular volume and like the muscle fullness is essentially what we're saying. There was, there is a period of time where I'm peaking for my strength, where I will hit one week, I will hit a heavy squat and then the next week I will hit a very much, a much, much lighter squat or like, or a squat session, have like a lot of workload here and then not a lot of workload on the next week. And then a lot of workload on the following and then less so on the next it's waving up and down. But because I am an untested lifter, I get the benefit of like getting just like even more recovery so that I can like push even harder next session. But I, I'm, more likely or less likely to give up that technical proficiency or that groove because of the compounds that I'm on. And that was with, with Briani, uh, that was a big thing for her bench because how often as powerlifters do we hear bench more to bench more 
add in bench frequency in order to bench more. And to, to a point, yes, that works a, a, a lot because it's such a technically proficient lift and you have like, it, it just, you, a lot of people respond well to it. But a lot of people get elbow tendonitis as they go into a meet. Uh, and it's hard to be like, okay, well, what, I've always benched two times a week or I've always benched three times a week. If I pull one of these bench days, I'm not going to be as strong. And it's like, okay, maybe, but if you're an untested lifter and we're using things that keep the cellular volume and the muscle fullness, you're not, and, and as long as you keep technique the same, all that that's going to do, if we pull one of your bench days, pull two of your bench days, even it's going to let you recover better into the next bench day and potentially avoid some like chronic overuse injuries, like the, the tendonitis we all seem to get. Yeah. Or, and if you or, can go or, or then even, even taking that a step further, you're getting tendonitis. So instead of just eliminating a bench day, you turn that bench day into uh, a pulling movement day where you're still working yes. the upper body. You're still filling it out. You're essentially practicing moving those limbs through a pain-free uh, yes. range of motion and getting blood flow in there and you treat it as an upper body recovery day instead of a bench session day then you come back and bench later the next week or you know five days later and now all of a sudden you're like wow i'm benching way better again yep. because you're starting to leverage these compounds to your advantage to emphasize more recovery absolutely yeah, yeah and that and that's that's exactly just go, basically just because it's exactly what we did for Bree. she normally benched three days a week and i was like trust me we're going to want to pull the fucking bench day and then got to be like 12 weeks out. We pulled the third bench day, added in like added in a, an accessory, basically like a back and bicep bodybuilder day. Mm -hmm. And then even at like four weeks out, we pulled the second bench day and just right. added that added in like just a, a it was a, a combination upper or not upper lower, but like an, a push pull accessory mm -hmm. day. So she was doing like chest and shoulders and triceps, but also throwing in some back movements. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's exactly I, what we I did. think that that for sure. And again, most people are going to run into some elbow issues like you, like mm -hmm. that's very common. And it's because of, in my opinion, too much per pushing versus actually pulling and, and evening out all that structure in the shoulder and pulling the, you know, the lat and the connecting to your triceps mm -hmm. and all of that, how that ties into pulling movements versus pushing movements and just mm -hmm. literally having way too much push volume for your, for your pulling volume, especially when you start peaking, because most of these people, like I'm the same way, I will start to run into some elbow issues when I start peaking, not when I'm training normally though, only when I start peaking and I start focusing more on the bench pressing movements and all mm -hmm. the pressing movements themselves. Uh, it's one of those things where it starts to act up. And then the moment that happens, the very first thing I do is give my bench a break for a week, start focusing on my pull movements and add in more pulling, a pulling day, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that, that's same here. Like same with me. Uh, and, and I would say like, I agree with you in like pushing versus pulling. Like we put too much emphasis on the push versus the pull and training in that manner. But I don't know. I like a good emphasis is a good word, 
but I would I wouldn't so much say like the volume is the key or whatnot. It's it's the intent. It's like the intention yeah. with what yeah, 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 with yeah. which we do it because we like we put so much effort and so much force into the pushing but then it gets to your you finish the main movements on your workout and then you have like four by ten lap pull down and you're just kind of da 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 okay one two three four five six seven eight nine ten okay that's one you know it you want to approach training the backside of your body with the same level i'm not going to say intensity because it's it's we can I, I, I would much, I would say the same intent the same intent, intent of building it yes, of, of exactly, building it exactly because yep. okay we've all probably been here especially when we were younger where we go in and half-ass the gym and we don't see any results well it's no different than when you're training your pulling muscles versus your pushing pushing muscles if you're half-assing the intent intent to grow your pulling muscles well there then that's wasted effort it's wasted mm-hmm. it's wasted time. You see what I mean? If you're 100% right, it is about the intent. When we practice as powerlifters, we're focusing with a lot of intent to bring up that pushing muscle for bench mm-hmm. pressing. And more often than not, you just don't necessarily not do the pulling muscles, but you definitely don't do it with the same intent. Yep, absolutely. And I mean, you can apply that. You can apply that to anything because for the longest time, I, I was like, oh man, like my torso is huge. Like I have big pecs, big lats. I'm, I have wide set, I have wide set clavicles. I'm like a big framed individual. So like looking at me, it's like, I have big arms, but in comparison to everything else on me, my arms are small. And I was all, I would always just kind of be like, fuck, I have small arms. I have small arms, you know, like I train them, but I'm like, I, you know, I have small arms. So it's like, man, you know, but Mm. now honestly, this past like two months or like, month and a half or whatever it has been i've been like okay i'm gonna be on my my my, i'm on like my cruise dose shit and i'm on like all the ancillaries that are like pushing for growth and fuck like i'm just i'm i'm right now i'm healing and getting big and i'm like i'm gonna train my fucking arms like i want like i'm gonna get fucking giant ass arms and and you want and you want to know you want to know what i've seen my arms are responding i fuck (laughs) my arms are bigger like yeah. I'm filling, I'm filling out some more sleeves. Like I was wearing, I wearing another tank top like this yesterday, like just being stoned and cooking in the kitchen or fucking standing in the kitchen. I don't cook. And Bree looked at me and was like, dude, your arms look fucking huge. And it's like, yeah, I'm actually like, if you watch the, some of the videos that I upload, I'm actually like, not, not just doing like four by 12 where the 12th rep is like, ah, okay, I'm done. It like starts to burn. So then I stop. Right. It's like, it starts to burn and it's like, okay, we're fucking pushing for goddamn growth. Like, yeah, let's yeah. fucking it's, go. It's just it's like anybody, you know, any, any, any good power lifter who's, you know, done the, I'm going to do 20 reps on the squat, you know, mm-hmm. with what, <laughs> when you get to rep 10 or 12, you're like, fuck, this is going to suck. <laughs> yep. But then you keep going and then eventually you make it. You know, it's one of those things where the, 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 the payoff just starts when the pain starts to set in. Most people are not going to train what they're neglecting to that level unless they're actually got that intent to go. So, so yeah, I mean, that kind of wraps up as far as like tra- programming and little bit, yeah. tidbits for, for uh, enhanced versus non-enhanced. I think we gave everybody a pretty decent answer that it does depend and you should always disclose it if you feel that that's going to help you with what you're paying for. Again, this is, this is all customer service. 
you're the guy paying for the service. If you want the best service and you feel that your coach uh, should know about this so that he can give you the best service. And I honestly think every coach is wanting to do that. Then yeah, you should probably do that. Um, and that will change your training in all the different ways that we, that we discussed. Yep. A hundred percent. And that's the, exactly, as you said, it's all customer service and it's like, you're not, you're not obligated to do it at all. But if you think it's going to impact your training, which you probably do because you're buying shit and injecting yourself with it, then most likely if it's going to make you better, tell your coach. And if, if they, even if they don't help like give you guidance, because if I, if I wasn't giving guidance, I'd still be able to refer people. I'd say, Hey, go talk to Dave. Hey, go sign up for Broderick's site. Hey, go do this. Hey, go do that. Like there's a lot of options out there. And and if it's going to help you absolutely do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So so that's, that, that'll be, that'll be, our quick one that still wasn't even that quick but um but all right that's uh, yeah, that's 30, the short minutes. Yeah. Yeah, so minutes. That, that, that short short for us yes. but uh so that's the that is the third episode of the performance education discussion podcast uh you can find me on the aodcollective.com and my instagram as per usual dave uh, at darylstrength.com yeah. uh, it's like it's it's derelict right like it's spelled yeah. like derelict yeah, yeah. okay yeah. Yep. And then uh, my Instagram is David Herrera 1119. Uh, that's just my Instagram handle. Uh, and then, you know, just going off of last episode where, you know, all, all rising tide raise, raises all ships is I want to give a shout out to a couple other people. You know, last time we talked about Broderick, uh, uh, you know, and his website for people that want to understand more of this type of stuff. Um, another mentor slash person that i have followed is victor black i think he yes and and uh and uh it's one of those where he's gonna be self-learned type of person so if you're one of those people out there that are listening to this podcast because you're a self-learner and you want to educate yourself more that's the person that's the place you want to go that's where you want to spend a little bit of your money he it's going to take your effort to learn it he's not going to spoon feed it to you but he has a lot of good information um broderick's about about the same. You're, you're going to have to put in the effort mm-hmm. to do that. Nobody's going to spoon feed you this stuff. Um, and then uh, I'll save a couple other people for other podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And and I'll uh, I'll 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 do the same on my end. Uh, if you guys well, if you guys ever ha- I've had so many people hit me up. I'm like, okay, what certification do I need? Like, should I get the NSCA, the ISSA, whatever? Blah blah blah. The best certification course that I ever got is actually going to the kabuki movement prep or the kabuki movement series uh seminars they're solid uh that's that's what i base a large majority not a large majority but like a a really good bit of where i got like the groundwork for my familiarity with like movement and mechanics that's where i got it from because duffin duffin was talking about feet and the abdomen years and years before most anybody was talking about like bracing as how we think about it now and rooting as we think about it now. So I uh, yeah. can't recommend those guys enough. Um, and on that note, uh, we're signing off for episode three. Uh, the next episode, I believe we are actually going to record in person uh, after Jake Benson's meet this upcoming Saturday on November 13th or 14th or whatever the 13th. date is. 13th. Yeah. So, so until next time, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, like and share and do whatever it is that you do on the internet to support us. So appreciate it. Yes. Thank you.